You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. I want to talk to you about a question that somebody asked recently in our congregation. Um, because during this season, we're, we're making messages out of the questions that we ourselves have been asking. And in fact, if you have another one um, come up tonight, you can stick it in that sharing box because it's been so instructive just to be able to ask our questions and talk to each other about them. So this one, um, this person asked, are we gifted with spiritual gifts when we are formed or born? Or does it happen when we grow and develop as people? And how do we keep our eye out for those spiritual gifts and learn what they are? So I really love this question. We were exploring spiritual gifts all all month um, during August on our daily prayer blog. And some people were taking this this inventory. We have our friend Josh Chrismore even made us like a little online tests that you could do on your phone to find out what your spiritual gifts are. I'm going to give you the link to that. Um, But if you didn't get to any of that during August, don't worry, because we're going to, I think, get to the real heart of it tonight with this question. I think the person asking this question really um, got to the depth and breadth of it. Um, There's so much theology... uh, Soteriology, really, the the study of salvation in this question, and we're not going to get to all of that, but um, I think they're asking, you know, like, what happens when you are saved by God? What happens and what does that mean? How are we different or not? What does this mean for our identity? You know, we're supposed to construct an identity for ourselves in this individualistic culture. What, What is our purpose and how do we find out? I think there's that this person is asking a lot here. So I'm, I'm going to try to get to the heart of my answer right away um, by saying I think spiritual gifts are the work of God in us. They're not something that we can concoct on our own. They are a particular kind of grace that we are given by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus in us. And um, so the power and the life of it come from outside of us. I do think the framework or the the capacity for these gifts um, or the potential might be already in us, like from birth or from childhood. But it is our conscious cooperation with God um, that brings it into being in us, that, that manifests the gift. It's kind of like if you are this candle, you know, born like this, um, as a child like this, when you decide to cooperate with God and uh, move toward Jesus, even a little bit, I think, God lights up all, all the best stuff that's been brewing in you and kind of latent all along, and suddenly you're, you're fulfilling your purpose. So I'm going to light a candle just as a little visual for us. Um, 
Hopefully that doesn't happen to you spiritually. But it might, and then God can write you up again. We've had some funny moments with candles over the years, like Christmas Eve services where like none of the none of the candles in the like quiet liturgy would work, but this is working. Um so, so um, a person where, who's cooperating with God, um, God is giving the spiritual gift, kind of drawing, drawing the light out of them. Um, you're shining light and giving off heat. And the reason we know that a spiritual gift is a spiritual gift is that I think it's beyond um, something that is just for you. It's beyond something that's just for us. Um, the candle is doing something now for everybody around it, right? With this light and heat. It doesn't just exist for itself anymore by nature of the gift um, and not by anything that it's doing on its own. Like I lit the, I lit the flame. Um, so it, it's the gift of fire given from outside of it that, that allows it to fulfill its purpose. The purpose of a spiritual gift is to build up the body of Christ. Um, it's to continue the work of Jesus. So um, most simply put, I think that we know, we can tell it's a spiritual gift we're talking about. If it's for others, it's not just for ourselves, and it's done in love, like like Paul, um, the, the main chapter in the New Testament that we get the conversation about spiritual gifts is in Corinthians, and then the chapter right after is all about love, where Paul says, and, the, and this, this is the foundation of every gift. The greatest of these is love. Um, so that's how we can tell it's a spiritual gift. I think it proclaims the lordship of Jesus, and it continues the work of redemption in the world. It builds up the body for others, and it's done in love. So this is how, this is like how we started, how and why we started Circle of Hope, um, and, ha and how we continue to be reliant on the Holy Spirit and everybody's um, willingness to give, to share a little bit of their gifts, their spiritual gifts. Um, this is how the church is formed and grows built by scratch from Jesus as a new expression, like designed for our particular moment right here in Philadelphia in 2019. And, and we're trusting that God is giving us exactly what we need to fulfill our purpose for this um, moment in Philly. Um, this is like the whole megalopolis, as they call it. Um, and the reason that we're banking on this, um, that, that we're trusting God to give us what we need to fulfill our purpose, to love, the, to spread the love of Christ through this region, um, to make us people who love and serve and spread like Jesus, is because Jesus told his friends that his disciples who would come after him were going to do even greater things than he did. And this always kind of blows my mind, but I can't imagine Jesus would be lying about this. Um, 
And in fact, he said he would have to go away for his spirit to come and fill people with these supernatural abilities to reveal his presence in the world. And so now we, by trusting him, have this great privilege of discovering how we are each supernaturally gifted to continue Jesus' work of redeeming the world. It's kind of a big deal. And I do say we, because I think that no person, even the most well-meaning, holiest kind of Christians, can do this work alone. We cannot do this work alone. The image of the body of Christ is real. Um, and, And this was my call to even walk back into a church meeting in my 20s when I uh, wanted nothing to do with that, really. Um, When I realized I literally couldn't be a Christian alone. I was really trying, really trying to be a Christian alone. Um, I was all kind of filled up on this individualism I'd been been fed my whole life, you know, all this stuff about, like, needing to understand and develop my own personal gifts. Um, and the more I started to do that, the more I realized I needed others, spiritually and otherwise, to be my true self and fulfill my purpose. Um, and it's kind of funny and sad, like, what a huge revelation that was to me, like, If we want to follow Jesus, we are part of this living, breathing body um, that works together to fulfill our destiny in the world, which is in oneness with God for the redemption of all of creation. I mean, that that as a destiny and a purpose is so much bigger than I could do on my own. Um, it's what I wanted. It, it's what I was dreaming about. Um, but was so frustrated in my efforts to do that on my own because it's, it can't be done. We need each other. We actually need each other to do what we, what we want to do, what we need to do, what we are created to do. And that's what spiritual gifts are for. Um, and these are just some of them that are mentioned in the Bible. So how do you find out what yours are, um, if you haven't already? These are some of the gifts that are mentioned in the Bible, but they are not an exhaustive list because um, we're talking about, like, qualities of the living God. So we can't really boil it down to a list. And And the Bible writers were just working with what they had and what they saw in the moment. Um, I think there's a lot more um, than are mentioned, and we have to pay attention um, to know them. But you could, to, to find out what yours are, you could study these particular gifts in the Bible, because I think there's a lot to them. You could do that on our, on our Wind Daily prayer blog for August. You can, like, go back in there. Um, you could take that inventory test that Josh made for us. He's standing in the back. Um, you could you could ask other people in the church what they think your spiritual gifts are because I think that's probably actually the best way to do it. Other people in the body of Christ 
probably see them more clearly in you than you see them in yourself. That That's how I became the pastor. Other people said, oh, Rachel, you're pastoring us. And I said, what? Um, but that's probably the best way, is asking others what your spiritual gifts are. Um, or you could start by simply being curious with yourself, um, paying attention to the things that you say and think and do, I think especially in crisis. Um, maybe not just in crisis, but like what makes you come alive? What do you get really excited about? That's probably connected to your spiritual gift. Um, one, one of my top gifts is hospitality, and I was kind of surprised to discover that this year. Um, but I could see it this week in my life. My son uh, broke his leg in a soccer scrimmage this week, and uh, the fracture went into the growth plate. And he had a really, really painful couple of days, um, and he needed surgery. Um, he had a couple of painful days of, of like waiting on the surgery and worrying about it before it actually happened. But at the moment that they were finally um, wheeling him into the operating room, like uh, away from me, I had I saw I, I had this like sudden moment of terror that I was losing him, and all I but all I could hear myself say was, "Think about what you want to eat for dinner." That's the last thing I said to him before he went into the operating room in front of all the, the surgeons and everybody in the hospital. Think about what you want for dinner. So, um, as I was as I was like laughing at myself about that through my tears as he was in surgery, I was thinking, you know, I could interpret that utterance as just being an Italian mom, which I am, or somebody who likes to cook, or somebody who's dealing with middle-aged hormones and like, you know, fears of their kids being teenagers and growing up. Um, or it could, it, it could be that I'm someone who is this parentified oldest kid and is prone to take care of people. But because I am a lit candle and not just a candle, um, I think I was expressing my gift of hospitality too, even in that little moment. Um, when my kids go through hard stuff, I tend to save all my fears till later so I can like have, give them room, give them space for theirs. Um, I make space. I want, I want people to feel comfortable and to know that they belong with God and that they belong with us. If you have the gift of hospitality, like Marguerite back there, you do this too. Whenever, whenever anyone walks into the room, like especially this room on Sundays, I'm thinking about um, them feeling safe and comfortable enough to know Jesus, to sense Jesus among us. Um, I'm not saying that I'm good at this all the time, but this is what motivates me. And I think your spiritual gift probably motivates you. I'm called to keep making room for the next person. That's why I really want to get a window in this room and uh, to you know, get this carpet off the floor so we can get 
So we can hear each other sing in here and people can experience the welcoming presence of God. That, that matters to me. I, I think um, this is why Mary, the mother of Jesus in the Bible, is such a, she's such an inspiring person to me because she, she said yes and she keeps making room. Um, and, I, and I feel like I'm called to that same yes to make room in my heart, my life, my schedule to carry this baby, even, even when it's risky. I'm called to love and trust and let go and love again as a church planter to keep making room for who's next. So the gift of hospitality is way deeper than saying, think about what you want for dinner to Zach. But for me, it includes that too. I think it's really important to express our gifts um, if you find out what your spiritual gift is, um, you probably have a couple. There might be one that rises to the top, and it might change over the years. But I think it's really important to express it, not just to know about it, because faith in Jesus isn't um, a, a moral system or a wisdom system like religion is. It's, it's much more of an activity it's not metaphysical, it's actually physical. <laughs> it's incarnational, um, like a body. One of my favorite mentors that some of you know, Rod White, taught me that impression without expression equals depression. In other words, if, if God may, has made any kind of impression on you, you, you can't really keep it under wraps for too long. You, you have to let it out in real space and time. And I think the temptation in our culture is, is to think that we can keep it up in our heads. You know, everything spiritual is supposed to be like private and, you know, just personal and um, controllable and invisible, which is Obviously not what Jesus did, right? He was always, always letting it out, doing it in public. And so as long as we're in these bodies, I think we're going to struggle to have this, to have this um, new inward life in the spirit expressed outwardly, too. We want our identity as children of God to be discernible in our actions, and so I think it is really important and enlivening and, and, in freeing, and freeing to discover what your spiritual gifts are and to use them if you're not already. I, I know most of you really are. But using them gives us that sense of fulfilling our purpose. Not understanding them and honoring them, I think, does some, lead to stuff like this. Um, like for me, that... that call of hospitality is related to a call to, to be empty. I'm not, I can't, um, like Katie had us praying about like not filling up on, on things and not just food and drink, but like worry or if I have a million things in my schedule, I'm not empty enough to make room for the next person. So, uh, if I fill up myself with too much of anything, I'm, I'm, and I'm self-content, I feel kind of useless. Um, 
and I kind of and I kind of am spiritually speaking because God God gave me the grace for that capacity to keep including so that that's just for for my gift um, or for that particular gift but I think that all the spiritual gifts can be so freeing um, because it is God or partly because it's God revealing who we are instead of just having to invent and market ourselves all the time. I don't know if you guys feel the pressure of this. Maybe it's just because I'm an old Gen X person. But um, defining and creating our own identity is like a main marker of our time. And and I think I think it's actually a lot of pressure. Like even like making a profile on social media is like stressful. Um, I need other people with the spiritual gift of social media in my life and in our church to make this happen. To me, it's really comforting that we don't have to reinvent, invent, and reinvent ourselves all day long as if the social construction of reality is the only reality. I am fiercely independent, but I think it's comforting that God that God knows me and could tell me who I am by allowing me to pay attention to what like makes me come alive. And that could be used to change the world. Like I remember thinking it was strange that recently we, uh, or back in December, we had a, a dinner for, for New Covenant members and it took me like several hours to just iron the tablecloths for it and, but I was like so happy just ironing these tablecloths. And I think it was because the gift of hospitality is part of that, is part of that gift. So your spiritual gift is not, is not just going to feel like more work. It's going to feel like what you were made to do. Let me say, let me say something for a minute about other personality tests. I think that they can be really, they can be useful in figuring out your spiritual gifts too. Um, for example, it, they can be really useful, I think, if we don't get too rigid about kind of um, defining ourselves. But for example, I'm a big fan of the Enneagram, and I know a lot of you are too. But with all personality tests, I think the key to remember is that we are called to keep growing and changing as new creations in Christ. We are being remade. The old is gone, the new has come. I'm not that, I'm not just that parentified kid anymore, right? God keeps saving me and calling me to change. And the only thing that is, const that is constant about this process of change is being fully loved and accepted by God, which frees us to respond to others in love and act for redemption. And your spiritual gifts are the main ways that God wants to empower and enable you to do that so that we can keep changing the world together. So in closing, um, we got a couple more minutes, but I, I think I just want to emphasize that 
Spiritual gifts are much more than what you are born with. You're born with a lot of, we're all born with a lot of great capacity, but spiritual gifts are more than that. The Spirit of God is remaking you if you're trying to follow Jesus even the tiniest bit. Secondly, spiritual gifts are not about just doing more work for God. They are about having more spirit and doing what lights you up. There are different gifts, but they all come from the same source. And the Bible writers tell us a lot not to be competitive about our gifts and not to think that somebody else's gifts are better than yours or that yours are better than somebody else's. Spiritual gifts answer the deep questions of our hearts about our identity and purpose, I think, in a, in a bigger way than the world can do for us. Um, in the world, identity is about the genes you were born with or being fully and solely responsible to redefine that and then to convince everybody else about who you really are um, or to accept the real you. And I think Jesus is saying, I already accept the real you. And this love calls us to see our place, our God-given place in the body of Christ then. And serving in that place is our purpose. And I think it literally makes the body of Christ work and come alive in the world when we use our spiritual gifts. Your gift is the grace God has given you to share with the world. We can't make a definitive list of spiritual gifts because we are talking about the all-powerful, invisible God. The Spirit has renewed the image of God in us, and we are reflecting his glory in increasing capacity as we turn from the old self to the new self. We all have every gift in some measure but we're called to express our particular measure because none of us are going to be complete. None of us are going to be complete unless the inward reality of Christ is expressed in all of us. And I think, spoiler alert, that's where we're going um, into eternity. And finally, more than personality, we are, we are this new creation. We're called to change and grow. Our personality is not our destiny. And so we're in this process of getting new hearts and new spirits. Um, you know, God promises to take out that heart of stone and replace it with this heart of flesh. And so God's specialty is like rebuilding, regenerating these broken hearts, rebuilding them, transforming us into people who look more and more like Jesus. And so any revelation that we have about ourselves, even our personality, I think, is, can be used for good in God's hands. We are splendid creations, being redeemed for eternity. We're not, we're not just personalities um, to be dissected or compared to how we see, um, to how we do how we do or how we don't fit in. We all kind of fit in, and that's the point, to let everybody else know that they fit in too. So um, 
I'm just going to close with Paul's words to his apprentice Timothy there was, fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. And let me pray for us. Jesus, I pray that you would give us the wisdom to let our gifts fan into flame, even this fall as a church, that we could keep discovering what it is exactly you've empowered us to do. Help us to pay attention to um, the things that we love, those things that light us up, give us ways to um, follow um, and encourage one another in this body to speak truth into each other's lives about how we're all gifted by your spirit to keep including. Thank you for this time together and for this place and this opportunity here in Philadelphia. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.